five, four, three, two, one. Welcome. You have entered the Kai Corso Experience. What's going on out there, Connie Corso family? It's your boy, Johnny Doe, coming at you with another installment of the Connie Corso Experience podcast, your one-stop shop for everything to do with Connie Corso ownership. Um, So I'm not a vet. I'm not a professional trainer, behaviorist, nutritionist. Take my advice with a grain of salt. This podcast is for the Connie Corso enthusiast it's for uh, the person that has a Conde Corso, loves Conde Corsos, thinking about getting a Conde Corso, uh, or maybe just likes to know information about dog behavior, dog training, and everything to do with dog ownership, and especially, uh, specifically for the Conde Corso. So without further ado, let's get into this. So I had a listener reach out to me and say that... Um, what did, what did he say? He said that I'm a good ambassador for the breed. Okay. And and I thought that was a really nice compliment because um, that's all I'm trying to do is share my experiences, share uh, what I've gone through, and hopefully you guys can learn some stuff. Okay. Um, Romulus is actually in the room with me. He wanted to be here while I did this episode since he's going to be kind of the focal point anyway. Um, I didn't have any particular subject necessarily that I wanted to, 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 to discuss, but I want to talk about kind of a, the broad um, behavior, um, I don't want to say issues, basically an update on where Romulus is at with his, with his training with his conditioning, with his uh, reactivity, with his fear, all that stuff. Um, you know, when I started this uh, this podcast, it was to help people uh, get over some big issues. And I felt like that I had a light bulb moment uh, with Romulus. And I just wanted to share some of those things. Um, and since I've been doing this podcast... Um, I've we've had other light bulb moments. I I try not to make this podcast um, just about Romulus. I, I like to talk about generalities, um, but I thought this would be a good time for me to update you guys, kind of on where he's at with everything. Since you know I exclusively work with him um, a few times a day. Uh, if you are an avid listener to this podcast. You know that I have a morning training session with him. Uh, some of you that follow me on Instagram, the Connie Corso X on Instagram, I post videos, uh, pictures of our daily walks, some of our training stuff, um, and that's usually what we're doing in the morning is what I post. Um, in the afternoon, I'll play with him a little bit, and in the evening. We'll do uh, some play, but also some um, behavior type stuff. Um, and obviously, one of my mottos is always be training, ABT. Um, 
no matter if you realize it or not, you're always training your dog through your behaviors, through your actions. And so when you remember that you're always training and always train, then you keep your dog in a rhythm and a routine, no matter if you're feeding them, walking them, playing with them, having them go you know, to their bed or uh, to their crate, uh, whatever the rules are of your house. Um, and I strongly, strongly encourage everyone to have very set rules and standards and, and don't really waver on them. Uh, for instance, if dogs aren't allowed on the couch, then like with Romulus, he didn't even try to get on the couch because it's never been a thing. Um, when he was a real little puppy, he got up there a couple times with us. But um, once we really started his obedience training, uh, jumping on furniture just wasn't a thing. Now, I will say I will let him get up in bed with my wife and I. He'll probably sleep with us maybe, I don't even want to say once a week. It might be once a week. But to be honest with you, he'll just sleep up there for a little bit and then he'll jump down and get in his bed. He, he doesn't like to sleep in our bed. It's kind of unnatural for him, so he'd rather sleep in his dog bed. Um, but he does not get up on the couch. He doesn't uh, get up on furniture, stuff like that. So it's um, it's not an issue. If I, I can speak for my bulldog, Bruno, he was always allowed on the furniture for years and years. And then we had to switch that up when we got Romulus. And so it definitely took some time to recondition him um, to not want to get on the couch. It, it does take time, but you know, there's that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That is, that's BS. You can train and you can teach any dog. It doesn't matter how old they are. If they have the will, well, I should say, if you have the will and they have any kind of drive for anything, um, there are dogs that they just don't care about anything because they're just really, really old. Um, and it's not that you can't train them. It's just that they don't care enough. They don't have any drive. If you still have a dog that has drive, you can train them. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, I know early in this um, podcast's growth, I had a um, episode about dog parks. And, and I thought this would be a good time for you guys to hear kind of an update um, my feelings about dog parks and just kind of rehash some of that stuff now that I'm kind of separated from, uh, from, um, uh, going to the dog park every day amongst other dogs. I, I've come, kind of come full circle in the sense of, um, I'm starting to go back to dog parks, but there's a caveat onto that. And I'm going to talk about that in reference to Romulus and, um, and his training. So, um, one of the things that I do every morning when we're doing our, um, training is we do one of two things. We either go for a long walk, um, and incrementally in that walk, we do various training drills, um, and then he'll get time to sniff around and 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 uh, check out things. Um, we really don't play per se because he's not one of those dogs that I mean, uh, 
he likes toys and stuff. And if we don't have toys available, you know, he's not going to just, um, well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes I'll let him off the leash and I'll let him run around and kind of act like a crazy dog until it comes back to, um, give him the command to get back in the training mode. Um, while we're doing the walks, um, and the training drills, um, you know, if he's playing or whatever, it's a pretty structured thing in the sense of we do this at this time, this at this time. Um, I, I use it for socialization. Um, as far as we see the trash truck, we see, you know, workers taking out trash, um, people that work at the park that are cleaning up trash. I keep saying trash. <laughs> uh, there's like a cross country team that practices in the in the morning, so he'll see kids running around, see people riding skateboards and bikes and other dogs and all that stuff. So um, you'll hear me say, and I've said it lots of times, you hear socialization. I call it normalization. Um, it's kind of one and the same, except uh, and and well, let me let me put it this way. People say socialization, they always think one thing. It's like your dog meeting people and or animals. And that's not really the definition of socialization. So what I've done is since people don't, it's so hard to rewire them to think of what socialization actually is, I kind of put it in two different categories. I put socialization as that, what people think it is. And then the normalization is just being around the environment um, with cars and skateboards and other animals and all that stuff. Technically, it's all socialization, but that's how I separate it. So um, normally, when I go on walks at the park, it's more normalization and not socialization. Our goal is not to meet people, meet dogs, all that stuff, okay? Okay. So it's more, it. I want him accustomed to being around people and other dogs, but not interacting with them. Now, the second thing that we do, um, if we don't go on a walk, is we go to the dog park. And we usually do this around somewhere between 6 and 6.30 in the morning is when I take him for his training. And it really depends on if it's a weekend, if I got to work, all that stuff. Um if we go to the dog park, normally there's no one there. And we just do a lot of training drills. It's an opportunity for him to sniff around quite a bit. It's an opportunity for him to kind of just be a dog. And I'll get some toys out, the bite sleeve, a ball, a stick, you know, various things like that. And it's more to just get him, um, get some energy out and then, I always use that opportunity to do obedience training and his drills. We do those every single day. You know, they come, heal, sit, stay, over, uh, middle, uh, shake, up, spin. I mean, he knows a ton of commands. And all I do, it's, it's, it is obedience training. Um, you know, leave it. Um, you know, having him stay, recall, all that stuff. Okay. Um, it's a good opportunity. I use it to establish that bond first thing in the morning with my dog. Um, letting him know who's in charge 
and giving him lots of love and affection for doing exactly what I want him to do, which are these training drills. Um, it's a it's it's a good little habit to get in. And one thing I've noticed, and one of the reasons why you hear me preach it in my um, my examples of how to train your dog, is um, it's it's so important to have that routine. Uh, so much so that I did a episode of this podcast called The Routine. Getting to that routine, I noticed that my dogs um, are just so much better behaved if they know what to expect and what what's coming and, and not coming, so to speak. So they know when they're going to eat. They know when they're going to, uh, when I'm leaving the house. They they know when they're getting on, uh, getting a walk, getting played with, all that stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um so if we go to the dog park, there's also opportunities for him to do some socialization. <clears throat> I swear I don't have COVID. It's just, uh, you know, a little verklimpt. Um, at the dog park, there is, every morning, there's a park worker that comes to empty the trash and refills the... Um, container for the like the the baggies um sometimes there's other people doing little maintenance things like they're replacing some sod and it's a very good opportunity i always tell them hey um if you don't mind i'm going to use you as quote unquote kind of a, a training dummy and so i just check for uh reactivity with romulus because when um when someone's in the dog park, he's he's not he's fine. But it's when they're coming in, when they're approaching the fence, he has that protectiveness. You know, he's a, he's a guardian. So, um, trying to get him to, I want him to be a guardian, but I want him to listen to me, um, and not be, um, kind of in that red stage, where you hear that that term. It's more for dogs that are you know, getting ready to bite. I'm more mean just like a a amped level that they're uncontrollable, meaning you can't uh, get them to listen to you via a command. Um, it's one thing having them on a leash. It's another thing to be able to have them obedient with a command. So we've been working on that quite a bit, really for uh, this summer is kind of what we've been working on with that. So I've been taking him to the dog park a lot more in the morning, uh, for that reason. Now, if you've listened to my episode on the dog park, you know one of the reasons why um, I don't take him to the to the public dog park when, like, there's a private dog park. Um, when there's lots of people from the public there with their dogs. If you want to go back and listen to, I think it's episode six or something like that. Um, but the the Cliff Notes version is that Romulus, a lot of his reactivity, a lot of his, um, some of his regression and some of his training that we had early on, um, some of his socialization that, that kind of um, we end up having issues with, really can be attributed to bad experiences at the dog park. And then the subsequent reactions from me and my wife of kind of recoiling from uh, certain interactions that just kind of perpetuated bad habits, bad interactions, reactivity, fear, all that stuff. Okay. 
So I have a very opinionated stance on the dog park. I still 100% believe it is not a good practice to go to the dog park with random strangers with your Connie Corso. Now, you can have the best, most well-behaved dog, no reactivity. You're going to have a different set of issues when it's just random people. Now, I will say, if you can control it, um, the dog park can be a fantastic thing. But the bigger city that you live in, and I mean, all you got to do is is Google like dog park videos or whatever on YouTube, and and the big dog parks, almost every time there's a fight, some dogs getting in a fight or somebody's getting hurt or something. It's there. There's always chaos at the dog parks because. From a general standpoint, this is just a broad generalization. Most people that go to a dog park, you know what? Let me back up. Not even most people go to a dog park. Most people who own a dog do not train them. Okay? If every single person who had a dog sought out professional training or, uh, bought uh, like a training series or a video or listened to a podcast like this or something, the market would just, the market couldn't hardly sustain it because there's so many people with dogs and I I would love for somebody to send me a private message or uh, tag me on something. Do you know the stats on um, how many people Actually, what percentage of dog owners actually seek some kind of professional training or uh, actually try to have some kind of regimented training uh, in their first year? I bet you it's very, very rare. And even out of the people who do it, after that year, I don't think they keep up with it. Okay, They think once their dog's trained, they're just done. And I know this because spend some time at a dog park. I have a lot of very competent, intelligent listeners that have been around the block, that know a lot about dogs, that have had lots of interactions, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Most people, especially if they have little dogs, I've never known anyone who had a dog that's like smaller than 20 pounds that actually trained it. No one ever trains a small dog. They just, they're, they're, they have the worst fear, aggression, reactivity, all that. Okay, big dogs, you almost have to train them because you're they're, they're going to be hell on wheels if you don't. Um, but anyway, um, I don't go to the dog park during those times, those peak times, because there's too many things that are out of my control. And I'm a big believer in, especially when you are taking, you know, very serious, your your dog training and your uh, behavior training, you can't control so many factors at the dog park. And I've referenced them in those, that previous episode where you have either A, your dog does something that is uncharacteristic or B, something is done to your dog um, that is problematic. And 
one thing that I noticed at the dog park, and I'm not going to sit here and say like my dog is perfect. He's never made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. But when my dog was a puppy, puppies really don't make mistakes in the sense of you can't really blame a puppy if, you know, they're, they're, you know, uh, doing certain things. You expect the other dogs to correct them and all that other stuff. Um, but I had people or other dogs, I mean, just brutalize Romulus when he was a puppy. And these people would, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They'd be like, oh, they're just playing. He just likes to play rough. I'm like, that is not play. Like, how little do you know about dogs if you think that is play? And the only reason there wasn't a knockdown drag out fight because Romulus didn't stand up for himself because he was a puppy. And if you listen to that episode, you also know that there was fights because he got to a point where he wasn't a puppy anymore or he wasn't small and he realized he can protect himself and that same dog who would bully him, bully him every single day, he finally stood up to that dog. And, um, and of course, a, a fight happens. And either your dog's going to get tore up like Romulus uh, did when he was a puppy or they're going to tear someone else's dog up and then you're the bad guy. So there's no, there's no winning in that scenario. And so one thing that I do is, is I, I choose very, very carefully the company that my dog keeps. And it's been a blessing and a curse. It's been a blessing that I have a little bit more control and I'm able to really focus on his training, his behaviors outside of his reactivity toward other dogs or their, their bad behaviors kind of, um, spawning his bad reactivity or something like that. And it's a curse because he doesn't get to interact and he can't uh, normalize certain behaviors. And, you know, well-adjusted dogs being around each other kind of keep each other well-adjusted, if that makes sense. There's checks and balances and and none of them will kind of get out of hand because the other one's kind of reining the other one in. And, um, Dogs that, that interact well together, they usually have a, a, a pretty good uh, rapport and they can, they, they're both better off for it, okay? So one thing that has been happening at the dog park in the morning, this uh, guy that lives by the dog park, he has a like a nine-month-old, looks like a lab, might be a pointer mix, <coughs> but it's a, it's a black lab. And I think he said it was nine months old. And this black lab, um, normally how I use the dog park, and I encourage you guys to do do this as well if you're having issues with your dog um, and other dogs, is you can't have your dog on a leash in a dog park when all the other dogs are running around. You're going to run into lots of other issues with that. Um, so I would strongly discourage that. Feel free to message me if you don't know what I'm talking about. I really don't want to get into it right now, but um, it can cause other other issues. Uh, you restraining your dog and um, other dogs can freely come up to yours, okay? So what I do is when I was trying to recondition him back to uh, being socialized with other animals is I would bring him to the dog park but there's another park that's right next to the dog park. A lot of a lot of dog parks they're right next to actual parks, and there's a fence separating them. I would take Romulus there, and I would let him observe the other dogs playing. Um, 
at first, um, it, he would his energy would be a little too high. We couldn't even get close to the fence. And it took months and months and months. But, um, you know, we got to the point where he could go up to the fence and I can watch these other dogs. And like, for instance, he walked up this fence, his German Shepherd snapped at him and they instantly started fence fighting is what, what it's called, where they're like snapping each other through the fence, right? So that's a bad interaction. I pull him away. I give him a correction. Um, now what happens is we still see that German Shepherd. Um, it's funny because it has the same owner has two German Shepherds. One, Romulus and that German Shepherd get along great. The other one, they just don't for whatever reason. Now Romulus will go up to the fence. And when that German Shepherd snaps and barks, he just kind of looks at it and he doesn't do anything. He does a really good job uh, controlling his reactivity. He's He, he just does a, a great job and he does that with most dogs. Most dogs that try to snap at him through the fence because of um, taking our time and reconditioning him and using those those controlled environments as an opportunity to train him of what the behavior expectations are that I have for him. Um, that helped us get to the point that we're at now. And the point that we're at now, and we've been here for a little while, is uh, when this guy comes to the dog park, I keep Romulus on a leash and I let the other dog, you know, uh, sniff him and they sniff each other. And then once I see the body language is good, because like I said, you can't, you can control your dog. You can't control what the other dog does. And I don't want my dog to react negatively um, or even if, if he's in the right, he's defending himself or he feels like he has to, a, a dog's trying to dominate him. I don't want it to turn into something. Um, uh, my, I know my Connie Corso, I know Romulus. He's not going to be punked. I mean, sometimes little dogs can punk him and he'll kind of back down and just avoid him. But if a big dog is trying to dominate him or a bigger dog, he's not going to put up with it. He will he will not allow it. And so I know now through months and months, well, years of training him that he just can't be around very dominant dogs, especially males. Um, he can be with submissive males. He can be with just regular, well-conditioned males um, and females. He just can't be around very dominant males. So this dog is a female. And she's very submissive. And so Romulus loves those. Female dogs, you can call them bitches. <laughs> so female dogs um, that are submissive, oh, our neighbor has one and he gets along great with her. And so I think I actually, I can't remember if I posted a vic picture of her on or a little video clip of them on Instagram or not. I can't remember. But um, he'll play with her for a little bit. Like the first day that they met, they did a really good job. They played quite a bit. Second day, a little less. By the third day, Romulus, they, you know, his tail was wagging. He met her, sniffed her, and then he went off and did his own thing. He really didn't care. Um, but it's, it's really cool because this guy is training his dog on one end of the dog park, my dog on the other end. And his dog keeps wanting to come up to Romulus, but Romulus is just kind of ignoring her because he's so focused on me. So it's, it's kind of cool to see 
once he met the dog, he was back to training mode of just being focused on me. Um, <clears throat> and the last couple days, there's been other people there coming to the dog park while we're there. And so he's met a couple other dogs individually. So that's good. And it's good because lately he's met a lot of different dogs and he's had stellar results with all of them. And at his worst, he couldn't really even be within probably six feet of another dog without kind of, I don't even want to say snapping, but he would, he would be wanting to dominate. He would be very aggressive toward them. And not in like they're, he's trying to hurt him. If you, if you understand what I mean by a dog when a, or a very dominant dog, they want to kind of just, you know, their, their tail is straight up in the air. They got, they got their hackles up and they kind of put their head over the other dogs, like the shoulder blades. And sometimes they'll try to mount them. Sometimes they just want to put them on the ground. And, and Connie Corso's kind of do that with dogs with high energy and stuff like that. And so they don't bite them, not always. I mean, sometimes they do, I'm, I'm sure. But Romulus just wants to like be dominant or he just wants them to submit to him. And so it took many, many months to get him back to where he could just exist in the world with other dogs. And then we get to the point where he could see other dogs and then get to the point where he could walk next to other dogs then see them through the fence and now he's back to um he can interact with dogs when he meets them and have good positive interactions and it's like i said it's it's taken a lot of time but um i i say it all the time if you have the will and your dog has the drive you will accomplish anything that you're wanting to accomplish um you might not do it first time go it might take longer than you think yada yada, but you can do it. I promise because I'm an example of it. I am not a particularly talented trainer. Um, I, I'm still learning a lot about dog behavior. Um, I feel like that I'm very knowledgeable because I've had dogs for over 30 years. Um, I've taken some training courses. I've taken some, uh, some college courses on dog behavior. Um, I've taken some training series um, online, read a lot of books, uh, watch YouTube, <laughs> which makes everybody smart, listens to podcasts. Um, but seriously, I feel like I'm very studious uh, to a degree, but I always put it into practice to actually see that it's not just theory, it's, it's, it's actual knowledge. Um, and so that's why I, I share it with you guys is because I've already put this stuff into practice. Um, I'm not just, you know, talking out of my ass. I'm actually um, implementing this stuff in my training or I wouldn't be talking about it. And I've had great results um, with a dog that is less than ideal, which is Romulus. I love him to death, but his his personality, his behavior traits are not um, of, of high breeding standard where you would say, I want to breed this line and get this kind of behavior and other puppies or whatever. Trust me, he is a, a brilliant uh, family pet. He is awesome. He's amazing. It's just when he's out in public, he, he's a little too high strung, um, lack of a better term. But 
he has vastly improved um, to the point where you know, I went out at, I mean, uh, a year and a half ago, I would have never left town for more than a day. I left town for like four days and my wife took care of him for four days and she had zero problems, zero fights between him and, and uh, uh, Bruno, uh, zero issues when she would walk him, take him to the dog park, all that stuff, no issues. And it's because of all the things that I've talked about in this podcast. It wasn't one thing. It wasn't two things. It wasn't three things. It was a plethora of things. But it all started with that discipline and structure. And once we had a failure, not just accepting that, um, like if you know he had those bad, bad interactions with dogs, not just recoil and saying, well, he can never be around dogs again. Yes, we did that in the beginning, but I always knew that once I get the other training locked in, we need to start uh, re-socializing him with people, animals, all that stuff. And so if you're, I keep saying if you're a listener of this podcast, obviously you're listening to it. Um, but there, I, I kind of had this um, a few months ago where I talked about him kind of being around people again, um, like strangers. And how I introduce him to, to, to people. Um, so we've come full circle where um, he's not the dog that you just let off the leash and he just runs up to any random person. No, not at all. Um, but anytime I want him to meet somebody, as long as uh, I vet them first, meaning that they're not weird, they don't have weird energy, um, yada, yada, he's going to be fine with them. Same with the dog. He wants to meet this dog. I vet him. I see that the the dog has uh, good, good personality traits that will mesh with Romulus. He can meet him. He can play with him. No problem. Um, the only issue that I'm having with him right now, everything else has been pretty much rectified of all the issues that I had. The only one, and we're not really working on it, to be honest with you, is when he's in the back of my truck, um, sometimes he snaps at somebody in like another car or someone walking down the sidewalk. They get too close to the car. He's very reactive when he's in the backseat of the car. He listens when I tell him, you know, to sit or stop or whatever I tell him. Um, but it's weird because he'll just be staring at somebody and as long as they're not looking his direction, he doesn't care. <laughs> he just kind of just looking at him. As soon as they turn their head and look at him, he starts barking at them. So we're going to work on that at some point. It's not a huge issue because he's in the car. And um, I don't have windows down or anything where he can like jump out or anything like Not that he would, but you always play it safe. You don't ever say that's an impossibility. So... I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's more of an annoyance than anything, but it's understandable because he's he he's in his element, so to speak. Um, so I understand that guardianship, if someone was like coming up to the car, I don't understand when they're 10 feet away and they're just walking on the sidewalk. So we're going to figure that out at some point. Um, that's probably going to be our next thing, but... I really wanted to update you guys on just how 
we've been doing some stuff at the dog park, how he's been with other people, other dogs, how he's been with my wife, uh, with me being gone. Um, and so far this summer was a lot better than last summer. Um, last summer was good. Um, he made a lot of progress, but this summer he, you know, he, he didn't have any regressions. He didn't have anything that, that I feel like we took a step back. Um, I feel like we had that light bulb moment. And to be honest with you, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say this as like, um, I always say you can't train by hope. You never want to just, I hope he gets better. I hope he stops doing this. Um, so don't ever do that. But I do believe that it's a contributing factor that he's two and a half years old now and he's, he's maturing a little bit. He's getting a little bit more confident and all that stuff. So if you have a nine month old Connie Corso or six month old or something, understand that you still have a puppy and these dogs stay puppies for a long time. And so don't get discouraged because you don't want to just wait for them to get to full maturity and think that all the problems are going to go away. Cause that's not, that's not how it's going to happen. But if you are structured and disciplined and you have good training practices, as they mature, it will get easier. And um, they are creatures of habit. And it's you're, you're, you're going to it's going to be work, 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 work. And you're going to get to that, a point. You're going to have a day where everything seems easy. Everything's clicking. And it just starts, you know, snap, snap, snap. Everything's working for you. And, um, I've encountered that many times. Um, and it's such a good feeling when you have that breakthrough moment where you like, like the first time that he played with a dog again, after having all those negative interactions at the dog park and not only the dog park, just the park in general, he saw a dog and he just was traumatized from, from just getting beat up at the dog park. And, um, it really made me feel good to see what I believe his true personality is, is yes, he's dominant, but he's also a softy and he also, he always loved playing with other dogs. When he was a young dog, I mean, he was so excited to see other dogs. Um, and it kind of broke my heart when he couldn't do that anymore. He couldn't have that experience because he was, you know, wounded. You know, I think emotionally, it kind of took a toll on him because it was, it was right in conjunction with, you know, some fear stage, some immaturity, some other issues that he was having. Um, it was, it was uh, the perfect storm for him to really, really have some issues. But even though I, I believe that we're on, you know, the tail end of that stuff. And we really don't have to worry about it um, as a whole, meaning, you know, we're not freaking out every day, worrying what's going to happen if we meet a dog or something like that. Just because I feel like we're on the tail end of it doesn't mean that you still don't have very high standards. I still go through my protocols um, and, and play it safe when he's meeting a new dog or a new person. And the big thing is, uh, that's also helping, I, I believe, is just me being more comfortable in those situations too. Because like I said, when you're holding that leash, all your anxiety is kind of going through it as well. 
And so if you're already amped up, um, your dog's going to read that and they're, they might, uh, it might cross their signals. They, they need to be a little bit more protective. So a lot of it is training yourself as well as you got to get your confidence back up. I, and I can wholeheartedly say that that was a big step in my wife's development with, with Romulus is she needed to get her confidence in training before he could get his confidence with, with receiving the command. So she had to be confident in giving it and, and he had to be confident in receiving it. So there's so many different factors. It's not just one thing. That's why you really got to work hard and you got to be diligent. You got to be honest. Um, and if you, if you do all those things and with some help and some good advice and maybe uh, a little bit of trial and error, you can get to a point where I'm at now where you're looking back at all those things going, man, how did we get through that? Um, I'm glad we're on the tail end of it. But you don't want to get too cocky and stop uh, with the structure or the the regiment that, you know, you got to keep doing those things that got you there, you know? So that's kind of where Romulus is at right now. Um, the The only other thing that he ever has an issue with is sometimes he wants to chase a rabbit. And I, he's been, but I, I hate saying that right now because he's, Really, last couple of weeks, he's done amazing. I mean, there was a rabbit like two feet from him today, and he saw it, and I gave him a command, and I didn't even have to give him a correction with a prong collar, and he he wanted to chase it, but he didn't. He's doing really, really well on a lot of different things. And I, and I think a lot of it, too, is um, something that maybe I'll dedicate a whole podcast to as well, is Romulus had some health issues that we figured out, and if your dog isn't feeling 100%, if it feels off, think about the times that you're feeling like run down, you got a little bit of a fever maybe, not covid. Um you have you're just got a cold or you know, you're run down. You're probably easily irritated, agitated. You don't have patience for certain things. If your dog is in poor health, maybe it's not getting the vitamins, minerals, nutrition that it needs it's probably not going to be as happy as it, it could be. And you might have some issues that aren't necessarily caused by that, but they are ex, um, they are exponentially bigger because of their health or lack thereof. So make sure your dog's nutrition is on point. I've talked about nutrition a little bit on this podcast and Romulus has a new, um, a new, uh, diet that, that, uh, well, I shouldn't say that we've modified a few things with his diet and he's doing awesome on it. Um, and you know, I, I want to talk more about that, but I feel like I'm very uneducated on nutrition, except what I, I, I know what I know, but I feel like I'm doing a disservice from you guys. If I say, don't eat this, eat this or whatever. I, I, Cause all I know is from trial and error. I've tried everything and some of it works, some of it doesn't, some he likes, some he doesn't, and I've I've tried it all. I've left no stone unturned when it comes to my dog's nutrition. 
but I feel like he's doing really well on the diet that we have him on right now. His energy is good. He's extremely happy and exuberant, and he's excited. He has very, very good levels on his emotionals, or emotionals, on his emotions. Um, he doesn't have these spikes. Um, he doesn't seem to be insecure. He doesn't. Dogs, if they're not feeling good or they're wounded, they're going to be a little bit more insecure. If you got other dogs in the house, they could be a little bit more defensive, protective. Uh, they they could guard resources a little bit more. So think think of that and put that in the back of your head, just as a nugget. If you feel like your dog isn't at its pinnacle for its health, that could contribute to some of their behavior issues as well. So, all right. That's all I wanted to talk about today. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram, the Connie Corso X. You can check me out on Facebook, the Connie Corso Experience, or Johnny Doe on Facebook. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram. Give me a follow. Um, give me a message. Tell me that you're a, a listener, what you like, what you don't like. Um, I love interacting with people. And uh, if you got any questions, Hit me up on Instagram, and I usually like to answer them on this podcast. It gives me an opportunity to to kind of personalize and get into depth with some of the issues that you might be having. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for all the love. And Romulus is here snoring, and he thanks you guys as well. Till next time, be kind to man's best friend. Peace. Ah, 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 ah,